Welcome to the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by the fantastic Anne Etta. Anne is an amazing woman. She's got a voice that could launch a thousand ships and she does all these other fantastic things. So Anne, first of all, welcome to the show and thank you for joining me today. I'm so happy to be here. Now tell me, apart from the narration side of things, what else do you do? Because you're very booky. You're reading voraciously all the time. You're doing all sorts of interesting things. Let's see. I proofread for people. I beta read for a number of authors. I occasionally put up reviews. I should put up way more reviews. And I do officially review for a couple of uh, publishers at times. So pretty much if it's book related, I will do it. Whether it's performing through narration or reading or refining or any of those things. I've loved books since I was very small. And how did you come to find lesbian fiction? I used to read straight romance all the time, uh, growing up and everything. I was sort of a late, blo- a very late bloomer. And one day I was sitting around, I had gotten a new iPad, and it was my first iPad, and I thought, my gosh, there have got to be some romances out there that I'm really going to enjoy reading without changing the gender. <laughs> and so I just Googled lesbian romance. And the very first novel I read that was lesbic was, I believe, The Gravity Between Us. This would have been in 2012, because I bought the iPad to go on a cruise with my mom. So I remember that, and I remember thinking, I needed books to read on the cruise, and by golly, I was going to get something that I was going to enjoy. Nice. That book has is an origin story often for a lot of women who have found lesbian fiction. I've heard people say that quite often that's the first one that they read. So it must have been quite big at the time. Yes. Okay, but you're joining me today to talk about five of your current favorite books. And I say current because you, like all of these fantastic readers that I have on the show, can't quite pick five that you would consider your top favorite ever. There are so many good ones coming out, too. So many new good ones coming out that it it changes all the time. Well, this is true, hey? I think lesbian fiction is blooming into this most amazing space where we're getting really world-class literature out of it. I'm very excited about the sector in a whole. So I see a small thread running through your choices, and that seems to be romance. So you... Yes. Very inclined towards romances. Okay, so let's start with your first one. What is your first pick that you think everybody should read? Oh, Captain of Industry by Karen Callmaker. I absolutely <laughs> love the book. This does not surprise me at all. Whenever anybody says what's your, like a must read book, this is your recommendation. Yep. <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? It takes place over 20 years, I believe. And it follows two women who can't quite get their lives together, yet they keep bumping into each other. And I love the relationship between them. I totally, fully buy into it that they are each other's person. And I also fully buy into why they weren't together from day one. Jennifer has so many barriers lying in her way and Suzanne is at the time really unable to quite understand what Jennifer's talking about and it's only until they've both matured to a point where they can let go of some of their issues and really get get themselves that's the word I'm looking for it's almost like they've self-actualized they they 
come to a point where they can be themselves and then they can be together. But they really have to both fling off all of these various societal expectations and they have to achieve their goals. Jennifer was right. You know, she's absolutely right when she tells Suzanne it's this or it's one or the other. And she chose herself and she chose her career and her goals. And I I love that because in the end, even though she chose all that, she still gets her happy ever after. It's an interesting book. And I think because of that choice, I think it won't appeal to everybody because typical romances, you want the, you want them to choose the happy ever after over the career. Mm -hmm. And so Coolmaker turned that on its head. Yes. But Coolmaker is an extraordinary author and every one of her books is so interesting from a perspective that, that you don't actually see often in literature, never mind lesbian fiction. Like she does interesting things like this. Yes. Yes. She always has a little twist, a little piece, a little something. It's just a little bit different, but yet you can still buy it. You can still Absolutely. buy into it. Yeah. And it has the best opening scene of any book I've read. I absolutely love that opening scene. Just if you don't want to read the whole book, read the first paragraph. Oh, the first page. And and then the second page. And the second page. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But for the non-romance readers out there, I highly recommend at least, at least giving that first little bit a shot even if you're not going to be able to bring yourself to read romance, because there are genres that I don't typically read myself. So, Well, I mean, that's true. So I understand not wanting to read romance, but that first bit is exquisite writing. It is the way she describes the the drops. Yes. But Coolmaker's writing is just, oh, I just want to rub myself on the book. I, I, I've i said I think Captain of Industry is going to take out a restraining order on me because I keep reading it all the time and talking about it all the time. Yeah, I love that book. Okay, so your, your next book is also by a giant in the industry. Yes, Passion's Bright Fury by Radcliffe. This was an early read for me. I'm trying to remember when I first came across it. But it's been on my radar for several years and I find myself rereading it once or twice a year. And in fact, I even bought the audiobook so I could listen to it in the car. During my last little cross-country trip that I took, that was one of the books that I hauled out to listen to as I was driving. I love the characters in it. You'll find that for me, much of what I love about a book has to do with the characters. How they're portrayed, what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're what their personalities are, and how they mesh with each other. I'm much more a character-driven reader than a story-driven reader. I love learning the characters, learning these these people that have been created by the authors. I love how unique both characters are in this book. They're both very accomplished. And I love Saxon's brain and her issues that go along with all of that. And I love how Jude is so just accepting and, and finds that attractive in her. What some people might find ugly or difficult or challenging, Jude finds attractive. And I love that about that book. Saxon's a unique woman, very unique and different and at times difficult. And Jude thinks that's wonderful. So I love that. That's what makes Radcliffe so awesome is she will take, she often does this actually in her books, she'll take something that that is not considered typically sexy. Yes. Or that there is a, 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 
a background of pain or a there's something about the character that's standoffish. Yes. And then she'll put the soulmate there and then it's just like everything clicks into place and it's beautiful and perfect and the way love should be. Yes. Yes. And I love that she often gives us characters that have been, have given up or have thought, no, I'm just single the rest of my life. That's just the way it's going to be. And then she finds that person who can come in and say, oh, no, 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 you're my person. Yes. And break down those walls. And, and, oh, it's just, it's so pretty. Yes. It's a great choice. I love this book. So I'm two thumbs up on, on your first two choices. Well done. Excellent. Okay, so number three, we're going to a slightly newer book. Uh, Edge of Glory by Rachel Spangler. And, oh, I, again, characters again, but I love the way that she's taken these two people at various points in their career. She's thrown in a wonderful secondary character who is, also represents a different point in a, in a, uh, in a career. So we have a, Snow Cross, and I think I probably got the term wrong. Sorry, Rachel. Um, and a skier. <laughs> They're both in different places. Corey is is at the fade out. She's 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 at the point in her career where she's going to have to start to think about doing something else. And Elise is at the point of her career where she's coming back. So Elise has come back from some some challenges, some injuries, and she has had. Um, some some embarrassment uh, in a previous Olympics as well. So she is she is focused, hyper focused on winning, almost to the point where it is harmful to her, and and probably not because if you don't have a certain amount of balance, and I love that Rachel makes this point that you need a certain amount of balance if you're going to be fully successful. And so Elise is pretty unbalanced on the side of focus, focus, focus. Um, Corey is dealing with her, her aging body and her, her knowledge that at some point she's going to have to switch from competitor to something else. And then they're being chased down the hill by this wonderful character who they nicknamed Tigger, which I think is so cute. And at first you think, oh my goodness, to this young woman. And by the end, you just love her and you're excited to see her be the next star. I love the secondary characters in this book. Uh, there are several of them. There's Elise's coach. There's Corey's sister. There's uh, this other competitor, uh, Tigger. And I just love the way they are blended in with and throughout the romance as well. So this is one where um, the story is as important to me as the characters. And that's rare because usually I'm so character, character, character. But I love what Rachel has done with this. I love what she's done with the characters, with their story, with their preparation uh, for the Olympics. Um, it just, she she pulls out really nicely the mechanisms behind the competition. So we watch, we might watch two minutes and 15 seconds of ski race or, you know, one minute and three seconds of ski race, whatever. And she's pulled in all of the stuff that happens before that, all of the stuff that happens behind that. Just, I just love it. I love the setting. I love what she's done with it. I love how she creates the story. And again, I love how she takes two people who really will help balance each other beautifully and puts them together and lets them learn about each other. Um, I haven't read this one, but I have read Spangler and her work is phenomenal. Also a great author. 
Yes, very much so. Huge fan. She has a way of putting together challenging people, challenging ideas, challenging thoughts, and making them all work. I always think, how do you know that? How do you put that together? She, um, I remember reading one of her books where, uh, from you know what I know of her life, she's not experienced anything like what was in the book. And yet I've been close to people who have experienced stuff like what was in the book, and I was impressed, so impressed with how she got it. She got that piece. It was just, it was amazing to me. Well, she must do research. Um, you know, good authors can write about anything. It's hard to research the emotion behind the thing, though. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, especially something like competitive sports where they, they try to be all tough and macho and they don't really want to tell you about it. Exactly. Exactly. So, and I have some people in my family who, uh, I have a family member that missed um, missed the Olympic team by that much. Just the tiniest oh. little, yeah, he's never quite gotten over it. She's She's got that. In the book, she's got that that emotion in Elise, that same thing that I've seen in this family member. She's got that. It's just amazing. So that's fantastic. Okay. What's your fourth one? Breakthrough by Chris Bryant. This is a new I've I've been fangirling all over this book all over the place right now. Ever since I read it, I A, I laughed so hard. There are so many funny elements to this book. Kennedy in Alaska is one of the funniest, funniest things I've ever read. I mean, just so <laughs> someone who is so fully out of their element and the stuff that happens. And I, my understanding is that some of this stuff happened to Chris while she was up there. Um, so it's, it's personally researched is my understanding from some of the stuff that she's mentioned about the book. So I laughed so hard. I even handed the book to my teenager and I said, you just have to read this scene because she's a big outdoors woman. My, my uh, teenager is, and she laughed. She thought it was awesome. I do like the story in this one very much. I love, again, some secondary characters. The raccoon is adorable. The raccoon totally brought me back to my childhood when I had a favorite book called Frosty, A Raccoon to Remember. I love that book so much. And it was very similar. It was about a raccoon that was being raised by uh, a ranger. And I forget exactly where it takes place. I want to say the Pacific Northwest, but I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've read Frosty. But I've always, that book's always stuck with me, and it's one of my favorite all-time books. And so after I read about Wally, I had to send the book to Chris so that uh, she could see Frosty. Um, but <laughs> I, yeah, I, I uh, Breakthrough is a really, really wonderful story, and it has a little bit more adventure than I'm used to. So I usually read romance that doesn't include much violence, things like that. I'm not not much for of a blood-on-the-page sort of a gal. And there's not too much violence in this, but there is a little bit of edge-of-your-chair, heart-pounding moments when Kennedy comes across some poachers. It's, it obviously comes out just fine. In the end, I don't think I'm giving away anything by saying that. <laughs> but I, that there are some exciting parts in the book as well. So if you're the kind of person that likes a little bit of intrigue or an excitement with your romance novels, this is one for you. So it's it's super funny great characters and then it's got this uh, intrigue side as well where Kennedy is figuring out how to deal with these guys so 
Sounds like my kind of thing, actually. I should go look that one up. Oh, definitely. If if nothing else, you will laugh hysterically at some of the stuff that uh, Kennedy goes through as she gets to Alaska. Okay. And your final one. The set piece by Catherine Lane. A, I love what Catherine does with her writing. I love how how Catherine writes. And this is a book that, um, so disclaimer, Catherine is a friend of mine now. Um, but this is a book that I read before I knew her at all. And this is one of those occasions where I loved a book so much I wrote to the author. And she wrote back, and I've been beta reading for her ever since. And so it's just been wonderful. Um, she... Uh, I love the way she puts together the story. And again, shes you'll notice in most of the books that I've chosen, there's something unique or unusual in the lives or the, in the lives or in the personalities of the characters. So in the set piece, you have a woman who's hired to be a beard for a soccer star. And she ends up, of course, falling for... Um, one of the people who works for the soccer star. <laughs> so it creates this sort of odd triangle. And it's really a wonderful story. I love the way Catherine writes. I love the way she puts words together. I love that at the end of the book, we know that they're together and that's all good. But there are a few things that are left unresolved at the end of the book. And that to me was very realistic. So we've taken this... They've come through everything. They figured out how to be together. But there are pieces of their lives that are still unresolved. So I keep hoping for them to come back later. I, wanna, I want an update on them. I want to know where they are. <laughs> so you don't really like it being unresolved. <laughs> no, I love that she left it unresolved. And that was one of the reasons I wrote to her. I said, I love that you did this. I do because I'm... I'm interested. It was interesting. It made me feel more real about it, if that makes sense. But yeah, I still kind of want to (laughs) know. But I love it when authors do that. I love it when authors bring back characters to circle back around to my first choice there, Captain of Industry. I mean, Jennifer is a character from Stepping Stone. And so you read Stepping Stone and she comes through as this very challenging person. And then you get her backstory, and all of a sudden, she's a super sympathetic character. I love that about the book as well. Absolutely love that about the book. So two of these five are sports romances. Are you particularly into sports, or do you just like that it gives you a different kind of a playing field? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Um, No, I really don't like sports at all. My mother was bound to determine that I was going to be this star athlete, because I had great stamina, and I was bound and determined to be a prima ballerina, so which also requires great stamina, neither of which I turned out to be. But I came away from that actually with a particular distaste for sports for a long time, uh, in fact. I don't generally choose to watch them. When my daughter wanted to do soccer, I took her to soccer, but uh, my kids have mostly done theater. I'm very involved in theater. So we've always been more of an acting, dancing type of family. And uh, my kids were required to do things like that, 
You know, a lot of kids out here in Minnesota play hockey, and I was just, thank God, none of mine figured out that there was a thing called hockey. So I'm not particularly sporty at all. I do love the Olympics. I adore the Olympics. I will, that's the only TV pretty much that I ever watch. The Olympics, the Tonys, the Oscars. And in fact, there's no TV in my, in the main room of my house, but every year, every other year for the Olympics, it comes upstairs and lives by the couch for two weeks before being shunted back down to the basement. So... That was part of the appeal of Edge of Glory, for sure. And the set piece, you know, I I do enjoy a certain amount of soccer. I'll watch the World Cup. But for the most part, it was the description on the back, and it was their situation that called to me way more than the setting called to me. I like soccer better after reading it. <laughs> well, good lesbian fiction will convert you, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about Catherine Lane for a second. Okay, so she submitted a book clip to the channel and you narrated it. And that's actually how I got in touch with you is I was so impressed with the narration that I said to you, hey, don't you want to just narrate some stuff for me? Yes. So how's that going? Are you doing more narration? I am doing more narration. I have picked up a couple of short stories that I'm going to be doing. And I've also picked up a book that I'm about to start working on. So... I'm super excited for all of that. I don't have anything official to say yet about any of them, <laughs> unfortunately. But soon um, I'm expecting all things to be settled and, and us to have those. Uh, one short story is actually in production. Uh, the other one is about to start production. And then the book is also about to start production. So I'm excited. I will definitely listen to those. And you'll see all about it on my Facebook page the minute the minute they come out. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm excited because I really do love the way you speak. I love your Thanks. narration. I think you have a gorgeous voice. It, sometimes I'll just stop and re-listen to something because I just think it's pretty. Okay, now if people actually want to get hold of you because you have such a gorgeous voice and they're going to listen to it and they're going to go, that woman needs to narrate my book, how, <laughs> how can they do that? Um, well, certainly if you're friends with me on Facebook, I always respond to the messages. So you can just PM me. Or my email address is long and complicated and fun, but it is Cordelia's mom underscore 2000 at yahoo.com. And that is my youngest daughter is Cordelia. So Cordelia's mom underscore 2000, the year she was born at yahoo.com. I got it to join a mom's group. <laughs> I never thought it would be my actual email, but I've never, I haven't since changed it. So yeah. No, I get that. I do get that. I have I have a, an email list that my aunt set up for me when I was like in high school and I didn't understand emails yet. And let's just say we, we don't talk about that email. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I do love my other children, even though they're not listed on my email. That was my mother's <laughs> first comment. Well, what about Jacob and Esme? I said, well, I love them too, mom, but they're not part of the mom's group thing. This is for women who are pregnant that year you know all right so i'll add links to the show notes to all the books we discussed today and links to where you can find Anne on facebook and on her email address and thank you so much for joining me today oh my pleasure thanks for having me anytime if you enjoyed this podcast and come and talk to us on the lesbian talk show chat group on facebook email us on podcast at the lesbian talk show.com or follow us on twitter at lesbian talk show you can also join our community of patrons and get exclusive content. Just go to patreon.com slash the lesbian talk show. The link to all of these things are in the show notes. That's all for this week. 
Bye. Bye.